Welcome to another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. We're back after a short hiatus uh, for all-star games and things of that nature. Uh, we want to remind you, in case you've forgotten how to find us, uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, any type of a podcasting app, and you can find us all on Twitter uh, at Rivals Podcast and email us, rivalspodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to give us a review, uh, subscribe to us, help us out uh, so we can do more episodes and, and it's not as much of a distraction. Uh, want to welcome who are the- these people? Who are these people in 2017 that are like you know? I'd really like to listen to this podcast, but I don't really know where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, iTunes, iTunes isn't exactly a, you know an underground Brooklyn hipster thing these days. People know there are podcasts there. In case it's someone who's listening for the first time, I want to give them a nudge in the right direction. That's Rob Cassidy joining us from Miami. Rob, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Mr. Womack? I'm great. And Nick Kruger from uh, ATX. How are you doing, Krug City? No matter how weird it gets, you're here for Nick, and that's it. We need to do this podcast every week, guaranteed, because I've got a wealth of sound drops that I can start playing from this point forward on account of The Bachelor also being named Nick. Boy, oh boy, I'm very excited <laughs> oh, boy. for this. Nick could wear a potato sack and he would look good. <laughs> Oh geez, well, there's going to be a lot of a lot of people in the Womack house. Maybe uh, going to going to listen now that that's uh, that's the case. Um, so, so so listen, let's jump right into it. Uh, to this week on Rivals.com, our new rankings are out. The final rankings for the class of 2017, and boy, was it controversial. We had all kinds of uh, arguments, people talking through their teeth like this on the rankings calls. Um, and in the end, Najee Harris comes out number one. I guess we'll start uh, with you, uh, Mr. Cassidy. It was controversial. What did you think about Najee being number one? And, and, and just what was your overall take of, uh, of the rankings this year? All right. Well, let me preface this, I guess, by saying that I think Najee Harris is an incredible player. Um, I think he's definitely a no-doubt five-star. He's probably going to be a great college player. I was not in agreement with that. I mean, there was obviously a vote for who we thought – the number one player in the country should be. I thought that the wrong running back was the number one running back. I obviously love Cam Akers uh, from Mississippi. And, you know, maybe that's part, you know, I try to like step back and see this. I've seen Cam Akers a lot more than I've seen Najee Harris. So it's possible that, you know, it's just kind of like exposure bias, right? Like, you know, I've seen Cam Akers in person in games. I've seen him more often just because it's my region. And I see, you know, I'm in char- I'm tasked with seeing Cam Akers. And I've seen Najee, obviously, only at national camps. So maybe that plays into it. Um, but, you know, I think that, that Cam Akers is probably, in my opinion, uh, is going to be a better college player. You know, I've been wrong before. I've said a lot of absurd things that turn out being way, way off base. So this could be one of those moments. But uh, other than that, though, you know, I, I, you know, of course, I think we got it right for the most part. I always do. Uh, do we always get it right? No. Um, but, you know, I can tell you that we've done our best to, to do so. Yeah. For, for those kind of behind the scenes, look, we, we really, bat, you know, there's some battles uh, in terms of, who, you know, some of us think someone should be somewhere. I, I voted Acres ahead of, uh, I voted Acres ahead of Harris as well. Nick, you were out at the Army Bowl. You were covering the West team uh, exclusively, pretty much, uh, which was a, which was uh, interesting. What did you think of, uh, <laughs> what did you think of Najee? What was your take? That being your first time really seeing him for an extended period of time. Right. Yeah. The thing with the thing with Najee, especially as he compares to Cam Akers, that I think it's really going to come down to a matter of preference. Whereas when you think of Najee Harris, I mean, when you look at him, he doesn't look like a Cam Akers looks like a traditional running back, like the type of guy that you would expect to be a running back. Najee is a little bit more ambiguous in his body type and his athleticism and the things that he can do, both pat, you know, catching the ball and uh, running too. He had a much better week of practice than he, than he showed for himself in the game. You know, I was of the opinion that 
the kind of the the mental fatigue of you know the media circus kind of hounding him every single day trying to figure out if he was going to Alabama going to Michigan I think he was just kind of over it um but I think when you you know when you look at what uh the difference in player I think I think Najee you know, I, I would endorse him as being the number one guy over Cam simply just from a, a versatility factor. I think he can be as good of a running back. Well, maybe, I mean, I, you guys obviously think Akers is a better pure running back. I think he can be a very strong running back, but, you know, just also just such a dynamic weapon in the in the passing game. I think he compares probably more towards like a Joe Mixon at this level, uh, as I recall, you know, from when from when I saw him at, at the five star challenge, just a just a longer, more athletic uh, version of a guy that can just kind of do whatever. I mean, he, truthfully, he looks like he could be a, you know, a awesome stand up linebacker play defense. I mean, he, he just looks to me like more of a just a, a guy that you could plug in anywhere and ask to do anything. And and I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs out of the top three guys, uh, especially between those two guys. And I, I think it's just going to, you know, when we when we look back in a couple of years and see which guy had the more productive uh, college career or the best season between the two of them, I mean, it, it might just come down to a matter of opportunity between the two of them. I mean, there's a lot of factors going forward that, uh, you know, could could or couldn't separate these two. Or it might just come down to Cam Akers was a lot better. So that's that's probably the more likely <laughs> that's the more likely outcome. Um, you know, the, the the full rankings, as I mentioned, can be found on our site. And there is there is a at rivals.com, there there isn't a whole lot of difference between one and three in the long run. I mean, you look back at some of the, the battles we had, twenty fourteen was probably uh the year where I was the most uh I don't know, passionate about, you know, making Miles Garrett number one over Deshaun Hand. I think, you know, that would be a battle that I that I ended up winning. But there's been other th- that same year, I wasn't as sold on Leonard Fournette. You know, I, I, I was worried that he was closer to his ceiling than there may be some others. And, you know, we'll see how, you know, he, he had a great college career, obviously had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So we'll see how that translates to the NFL. But, you know, in, in the end, it's just splitting hairs, you know, whether a guy is eight or you know 15 it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much in terms of uh the way we look back historically um you just don't want to have a guy at number one that's going to be a uh you know a guy that doesn't play a whole lot like we 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 unfortunately we've had a couple years (laughs) recently but i'm not i'm not nobody nobody looks back after a guy gets drafted and you know sixth overall and says well you know he was number nine in his class you know he could have probably been a few spots higher than that it's you know i think ballpark is what's important here and i think Najee and cam are both at least in the right ballpark yeah yeah and i agree there too so so check it out we, we you know we we debated a lot uh we take it a lot more serious probably than uh than a, people who are reading them out there you know although we do get a lot of uh, conspiracy theories from the various <laughs> the various websites but I, I can't tell you that we do our best just to, with the information we have we're trying we're trying hard so uh you know, we'll, we'll keep working on that going forward with the class of 2018. Now, I guess we're, I'm going to skip around here a little bit on the rundown. Nick, you mentioned Najee fatigue at the uh, Army Bowl. Give us a little bit of behind-the-scenes uh, insight as to how hectic it was out there trying to get him to talk. They, uh, people were tracking his flights, which I thought was crazy because, you know, 24-7 works, clo- works with the Army Bowl, so they should have had that flight information. What was that like being there on the ground and kind of trying to chase things down, especially with a player that that you don't really have a, a relationship with? I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I th- there were only there was only one or two times where I was tasked with trying to catch him, which <laughs> didn't work out very well for me because 
you know, the second of practice was called, he literally ran off the field into the locker room and uh, didn't come out until it was time to get on the bus and go back to the team hotel with the rest of his teammates. I mean, he was dodging, he was actively working to dodge every single person that he possibly could that was wanting to try and stick a, you know, a recorder in his face. I mean, the army, the media people at the army bowl wouldn't even bother to try and get him to come out and do an interview. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even entertain the media to try, you know, just, just placate me and go walk into the locker room, close the door and wait behind the door for, you know, 10 seconds and open it back up again and be like, nah, he ain't coming out anymore. So, so that, I mean, that's, that's just how over, that's just how over it it was. I mean, and at, at the end of every practice, I mean, there was probably, you know, there, there was probably 15 to 20 media people uh, they're all trying to get the same story. Uh, middle of the week, they did a joint practice with both teams playing against each other. So you're kind of, you know, you're kind of adding another 25 uh, percent of the, you know, the people all trying to get them there. And it wasn't just Najee. I mean, truthfully, a lot of these guys were kind of running off uh, before they had to answer too many questions. But I mean, he, let, let me ask you this, Krug. So, our. The way this unfolded, and granted, I don't cover the West Coast. I was not at the Army game. I was with Woody at the Under Armour game. The way this unfolded, are we to believe that he really didn't know where he was going to go? Or, like, I mean, he showed up at Alabama pretty quickly after after the uh, the Army game. So, you know, just from a distance, I would think, all right, here's a guy that knew he was going to Alabama. So if there was any Najee fatigue, who created this other than Najee? I mean, why wouldn't he come out and just say, hey, guess what? I'm going to Alabama. Leave me alone. Instead of hiding. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird thing that was and that was something that we wrote about during the week i mean he he creates a spectacle for himself when he's on the field he's dancing he's singing he's boisterous he's loud he wants the attention you know and then when people want to ask him about something that you know a different sort of thing than he wants to draw attention to you know he's out on it he doesn't want anything to do with it and uh you know so that was you know that was difficult from our perspective but at the same time it's like you know, I mean, I mean, we we shouldn't be. I'm I'm going to get on your soapbox here a little bit, Rob. I mean, probably we shouldn't be hounding kids as frequently or as hard as we do. You know, to find out something kind of trivial in some cases as as, as regards to recruiting. I mean, you know, I remember seeing tweets. People were people were looking in school directories, finding all the email addresses that he had registered to his name, and you know, trying to trying to apply that to predicting where he was going to show up. You know, at different schools and stuff like that. I mean, it. You know, the the first over over a player like him and you know a lot of players in the in the top grouping there is maybe a little bit much yeah it's, you know, yeah, it's more than a little bit it's much. a it's, big story it's, it's a lot much and i think sometimes we treat it like a bigger story than it is and on the other end of that is Najee though right like okay i agree with you completely i've been on that soapbox a million times it's sometimes we think you know this is way more important than it is if a kid doesn't want to say it doesn't want to say it who cares fine that's your prerogative but at the same time if you're going to act annoyed by all this it's, and you know where you're going. It's very easy to come out and just be like, hey, I'm going to Alabama. But he avoided doing that for whatever reason. So, and I don't care. That's his prerogative if he wants to do that. But at the same time, it, it, do you not realize that if you're really annoyed by all this attention you're getting, you can end it? I mean, it's one thing when you don't know where you're going. I mean, but yeah, he it, obviously knew, right? <laughs> No, I don't know. Truthfully, I mean, I, that wasn't that wasn't my main focus while I was out there. That wasn't my number one priority. Just just being on Najee watch. So I I didn't I didn't really have my thumb on what slipped out as to led to the rumors that he may or may not be going somewhere, or what he might have said as far as different flight plans and all that stuff. I mean, I I tried to deal with that as little as possible for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so. I don't blame you for that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, 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 for for you know, it was it was part of you know a, a hectic week. I think I think you know Rob has a good point. He could have just said he was going to Michigan. The problem is that the kids essentially like the attention, but then don't want the attention. And as we heard multiple times during the Army Bowl broadcast, he doesn't have a Twitter account, so he's a no, better person for it. Don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me started uh, there. <laughs> that was that was a uh, now Nick, you were at the game, you didn't hear that was a main talking point about how he doesn't have a Twitter account, so he doesn't like attention and stuff like that. So, you know, Rob and I interacted with Najee out at the out at the L.A. Rivals camp last year. I tried to joke around with him. He didn't exactly take it super well. <laughs> I, I, I did well with him. Like for whatever reason, him and I clicked. That's when he famously told me that Jim Moore recruited him by telling by telling Najee that he knew the guy that was in the car with Tupac when he got shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is wow. just like that maybe my story. favorite. Yeah, maybe my favorite recruit quote of all time. Oh, good story. So also, Nick, while you were out there, we had Aubrey Solomon, who is a five star from the state of Georgia, uh, get caught up in a little bit of a Periscope controversy where he had said some some bad things about Michigan on, on uh, video. And I discussed it on coach Brown's podcast on the Wolverine.com, which is our Michigan site. You can hear uh, me talk more about it there, but what did he do after that? Did he also go into hiding? Do you know? I mean, I know I, I can't remember that. I guess, I guess Josh was covering the East team, but he didn't seem to give another interview after that. Did he? No, he, uh, well, I don't, I, you know, it, coincidentally at the same time that, you know, he spouted off on, on, uh, on the Wolverines, he pulled a hammy or something too. At the same time, I don't know. He must have must have been speaking a little too loudly, <laughs> <laughs> pulled vocal cords or something, caused him to sit out of practice and not do interviews. I'm not, you know. <laughs> so he gave, but it was interesting. I read a couple articles. He gave like he gave. It seemed like he was really messing with the media out there because at one point he said, "I think the quote was, I want to go to school as far away from home as possible.'" And then he also said. I want my mom wants me to stay close to home. I like Georgia. I'm taking an official visit to Florida and Auburn, and then he released a Final Four, which didn't include either one of those schools. Um, so, so, so there's been a lot. God, been a lot that, of, that, that 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 little diatribe right there from you is you know, and like I said, we're not roofers. We're not working in the mines. Our job is a lot easier than most people's. But that sentence from you that you just spoke is the reason why sometimes it's very hard for me not to like get frustrated and roll my eyes. Yeah, no, it's really frustrating for me because you know he's from about three hours south of Atlanta. I don't. It's not like I can drive over there and talk to him. I don't. Really his his head coach isn't dialed into the situation you're kind of relying on rumors and innuendo and you know the thought is you know yesterday we had to write something uh rob and i where we predicted where some guys are going i predicted alabama for solomon because that that seemed to be the safe choice well then the, the word is today now that that michigan is now trending once again despite the periscope video um and then maybe he even recommitted to the Wolverines during his in-home visit. So um, I don't know. You know, we're going to make some predictions on guys. I guess we can start with him. Um, I, I guess I do. I switch my pick to Michigan a day later. I, I really don't know what he's going to do. I, I think his mom is focused on academics, and maybe that wins out. But I still, Alabama is really confident about him. I still think. Uh, I guess I still think they get him. I don't know where he's going, but we're making predictions, so why not, right? Yeah, I'll take, you know, and I'll go ahead and play devil's advocate for you, and I'll take Michigan and, and just kind of dismiss the Periscope video as what we wrestling fans call a swerve. Um, I think he'll <laughs> he'll end up there. Krug City, what's your guess? Uh, I have no idea. I'll pick Hawaii. 
<laughs> well, that is far from home. You know that that is as far from home as possible. The, yeah, I hear he likes to school with the coast. You know, a beach close by. <laughs> I forgot. I, that's actually a good reference by you, Nick, because I remember when Preston Williams left Tennessee, Hawaii was being mentioned because he wanted to be near the beach, and then he went to Colorado State. He ended up in Colorado <laughs> State. <laughs> Maybe there's a lake or something nearby with the beach <laughs> in Fort Collins. Um, all right, let's roll on to LeBron Ray, another controversial uh, figure, at least among Rob Cassidy and uh, Andrew uh, Bone from our Alabama site. Uh, he ended up moving up. I think he finished in the top 50, right, uh, yeah, he, Rob? Yeah, he's, the, yeah number, he's in the top 50. He's the number one player in the state of Alabama. Uh, and some people will act like we have him ranked as a one-star uh, that should probably just go to Juco or something. But How about that? No, no five-stars from the state of Alabama. I, really, I seem to remember the Georgia fans using the population bias on us last year saying, how could Alabama have one-fifth of the population as Georgia and the same amount of five-stars? Sometimes explaining standard deviation and statistics to college football fans doesn't, <laughs> doesn't – I know that's shocking, but it doesn't go over very well. You know, sometimes there are anomalies and you know, outliers, but you know, all they want is rah, 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 conspiracy, right? Right. So, uh, so Ray's down to Auburn, Alabama, and I guess are we, we throwing Tennessee in there. What, what's the situation with him, Rob? Throw Florida in there. Um, I don't think he's going to any of those schools you mentioned except for Alabama. I think that he's kind of – been uh, attracted to Alabama for a very long time. I don't know what the holdup is, uh, but I think Florida belongs on that list. I think he's going to, I mean, he's obviously going to visit. He's probably going to give them a courtesy look. He gave Ole Miss a courtesy look. Uh, I think Florida's a player to some extent, but I think he's going to end up at Alabama. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick Alabama as well. You rarely see a player from the state that, that Alabama and Auburn want uh, leave the state, and I think uh, he's going to stick with uh, the Tide. Krug City. Is he taking an official to Florida, or has that already come and gone, he, or no? He might have already, or he's visiting Tennessee. No, yeah, soon, he's, he's going to visit Tennessee and Florida, according to him, in the next two weeks. Oh, man. I, I wonder if Florida might be able to pull some some last-minute uh, commitments here down the stretch. I'm not sure if Ray falls into that category. but Well, I mean, if you're Florida, I guess what you're offering Ray, right, is, is playing time, right? I mean, you look at kind of the litany of NFL-bound linemen at Alabama, and I guess if you're Florida, the pitch is – Look, we play for SEC championships. Granted, we lose them um, recently, <laughs> but, you know, and and you can and you can line up and play right away. I mean, that's not an insignificant pitch, I don't think, and that's why I kind of wanted to put Florida in the discussion at least uh, because it is appealing to play for a, you know and say what you will about Florida, but they are have to be considered you know a higher level SEC team, uh, especially when you compare them to the Mississippi States and Vanderbilts of the world that just aren't really getting it done over there. All right, so Nick, you're picking Alabama too. Yeah, I'll pick up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, you can lead the, the you can lead us on this one. Uh, Marvin Wilson, a guy that uh, we have as a number two player in the country. A lot of controversy if, uh, about his showing down at the Under Armour game. Some people didn't think he was as good as he should have been. Uh, we ended up keeping him at number two overall. You weren't there. I mean, you know, I've covered Under Armour since two thousand eight. So um, I just wanted to say that doesn't have anything to do with anything. <laughs> Uh, but so, so give us a, give us a recap of, of Marvin's situation and who you think is, uh, is the leader to get him there. Well, you know, let, let's, let's make one thing clear right now. Marvin's final official visit, uh, is to USF. So could he pull a fast one on all of us? I wonder. <laughs> Why wouldn't that be something? 
um well you know he just he just took his visit to lsu this past uh this past weekend i mean obviously the other two schools that are in the mix are florida state and ohio state after the after the army game he was actually down on the field uh you know hanging out with jeff okuda and baron browning taking some pictures throwing up the o as as we like to say uh and and he didn't he wasn't doing interviews i i said hey what's up to him after and i said you know you're gonna stir the pot a little bit, taking pictures like that. And he smiled and he nodded. So, you know, I mean, nobody plays the recruiting game better than Marvin Wilson. Say what you want to about, you know, whether whether or not he should be ranked as highly as uh, as he should be. But, I mean, he's, he's really having a good time messing around with people's emotions and uh, <laughs> in taking taking his visits and having a good time. I mean, I you know, I think it... I think at this point, the it, it really comes down to LSU or Ohio State. Um, but I know his family is a big factor in his decision. And, you know, from that perspective, I think LSU is probably the favorite. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they, there's, still, there's still some time to, you know, for Jeff Okuda, who's been a big recruiter in the state of Texas for Ohio State, to continue to try and work him over here at the very last. So we will see. So you're picking LSU then. I got, um, I got to stay with LSU. But, you know, that's I mean, that's a situation where it's like 51, 49 percent confidence. You know what I mean? So what happened to Florida State? They're out. No, I mean, I think Florida State could be in there. It's like we said. It's like we said before when we were, you know, doing the coaching change shows. If Jimbo ended up being the coach at LSU, I felt like LSU probably would have been a lock because that would have combined a lot of elements in his recruitment all in one spot. But um, you know, I just, I just kind of think that they might be uh, sort of the outlier when you consider the the relationships and you know the his desire to play for. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still sticking okay. with LSU. <laughs> all right, Rob, who you got? I'm going to take LSU and not because, you know, obviously I don't cover the region. So, you know, my pick here should be taken with a grain of salt. But here's the logics behind my pick would be Edward Duran is a fine recruiter. I don't think that is up for debate. Um, say what you will about him being a fit for that job or him being as a coach or, you know, whatever happened at Ole Miss. But the one thing that he is is a recruiter. Uh, then you combine that with the distance. Uh, you can still offer him the chance to play in the SEC, which despite how down the SEC is, I think is definitely a selling point for kids in that area of the country still. Uh, and I think it's just easier for him to go to LSU and sometimes easier wins out, um, especially when easier is close to home. Yeah. The, the, the USF Charlie strong thing is weird. Are we, when he would Charlie strong was at Texas, did we think he was going to like their relationship was that strong that he was going to go to Texas? I didn't even think Texas was really a major factor there. No, he said flat out if if Strong got fired, he wasn't considering Texas anymore. I mean, he said that I mean, months before it happened. So, but if Strong stayed, was he going to go to? T- I mean, for him to put USF well, then, in there, but then the then the caveat had to be they had to win nine games. He was on the record as saying that. So Strong had to See, have stayed. That. Had- That's great, man. I love putting the caveat. I just I love putting out a you know kind of an ultimatum like that. He's got to stay, and you got to win nine games, or else I'm out. Yeah, but that's not. But I mean, give it, it, whether whether or not how you know. I mean, you got to take everything he says with a grain of salt. But at least, but at least he put it out there on no uncertain terms. You know, I mean, it oh, gives you something. It. Yeah. Well, so, but I'm just. I, I just wonder. Okay, so they didn't win nine games, and he got fired. So why is he going to USF if he loved Charlie Strong so much? At Texas, why wasn't he committed at that time? I just. It's a. It's a. It's a weird angle. Not, this whole. Uh, well, but but but. You, Dude, I mean, come on now. Yeah, every, every, we hear it from kids all the time that say they would, the advice they get from other people is to take as many officials as you can, you know. And I think that's all he's doing. I mean, he he had a great relationship with Charlie, obviously, and uh, you know, and he's just he's just making the most of his opportunity to take officials. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. So yeah, n- none of us none of us think he's going to USF. 
Well, well I don't. Know, I know, but I, I'm I, just I, saying. I, I, like, I think what Nick is trying to say is as follows, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, Nick. Is that okay? So he liked strong, obviously, uh, and like you're, like you're saying, Woody. You know, if it wasn't strong enough that he was going to go to Texas, why would it be strong enough that he's going to go to USF? Nobody thinks he's going to go to USF, but. I think the upshot is at least if he has that relationship with Strong, Strong is in a more stable situation at USF where, okay, so let's say he did win nine games at Texas. He could still get fired the next year. Uh, if you go to USF with Charlie Strong, at least you know he's going to be there for your career no matter what happens. Uh, but, well, you know, this is all a moot point. He's not going to USF. We're just like wasting <laughs> our time here. No, I understand he's not going to USF. I just think it's a stupid angle. I, you know, I just think it's dumb that he's like, where we're, he's making such a big deal about being including them, like because of you know his love for Charlie, but if he like, if he loved Charlie that much, and why was why didn't he commit to him at Texas? Is my is my point? I never felt like he was ever but going it, to Texas. Yeah, but if but if he would have committed to Texas and Strong got fired anyway after this season, he would have decommitted then too. So right, but then it would it would make this is I'm out on Marvin. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> In fact, yeah, no, this is done. Marvin, go go to you know what? I'm picking Florida State too, just so I can be wrong, uh, <laughs> because I don't even want him to go to you know go to USF. I hope he goes to USF. Um, they just opened a pretty nice ramen restaurant in Tampa that I ate at the last time I was there. I'm looking forward to going wow. back. It's like the only, it's like the only nice restaurant in Tampa. Excited yeah, about shots that. fired at the, at the city of Tampa. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would beg to differ. As uh, well, I guess if we're talking Tampa proper, I would agree because it sucks. But no, actually, you nice- know what else is good there is that steakhouse. What's a uh, burn steakhouse? People love that place, right? It's got the big wine wall. Well, if you remember, we used to frequent the uh, the Berg uh, Cafe uh, down oh, there yeah. by where, by uh, the stadium in St. Petersburg, which is owned by a. a the Greek family, and we would have uh, great service in there. It was a, an Under Armour game tradition before the game moved back to Orlando. So, look, man, uh, we're selling Marvin on the food scene here. Yeah, oh yeah, the great food scene in any city in uh, you know Orlando, Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one hell of an Outback Steakhouse you got there. Yeah, let's let's move on to. Uh, I think our last person is Nico Collins, another player from the state of Alabama. Uh, Adam Friedman famously once said, "If he's not a five star, I don't know what is." Uh, we then determined that Adam Freeman doesn't know what he is <laughs> because he says he says he says dropped quite a bit in the rankings. Rob, give us an update. What's going on with his recruitment? I know he's popped up at LSU this past weekend. What's he doing? This is going to be Michigan or Georgia. That's kind of w- what I get. Um, and you know, if you would ask me two weeks ago, I would have told you it's going to be Michigan. But now. You know, Michigan wants him, but okay, now they're, they've got Peoples-Jones in there. They've got Black in there. And it's at this point, it's like, where does where does Nico Collins fit into the Michigan offense? Uh, they've kind of, they've got receivers that are, unless you're blind, better than him. Um, Nico's not a bad player, but those two guys are a different level than him. I think we'd all agree. I think Adam Friedman would even agree with that statement. So uh, Georgia becomes more appealing, I guess. And then you've got the distance from home, which is more of a selling point that some people like to give it credit for. Uh, and you know, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this might've been Michigan and now I'm going to lean Georgia. I'm going to pick Georgia, but I'm not going to pick Georgia with any, uh, any complete certainty, but that would be my prediction for sure. Yeah. I I don't know because I mean, we remember when he was being filibustered at the Alabama Mississippi game by a certain reporter from, uh, the longest interview I've ever seen with a recruit. They had to be like asking about his like third cousin twice removed. Like, I don't know what topics you can even talk about 
you know, it'd be one thing if there was like a flowery feature about how, you know, he like nursed a bird back to health or something, but it was just like random questions about what do you think about this coach? And it went on for like, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, he, well, it was two different, uh, there were two different interviews, so it really made it, it really made it bizarre. As part of that, he said he was visiting, he said he was, uh, he, he's been, he's been real elusive about, you know, where these visits are going to be. He took an official to LSU already. He's already been to Michigan. Georgia is going to get the last crack at him. So the the conventional wisdom there is is Georgia. I think you make you make a, a wise pick there, Mister Cassidy. But I think the way things shake out uh, with Devonte Smith is going to factor in big here. He goes to Alabama. I think LSU is going to be on a look for a wide receiver. I think they're pushing. I think him making another trip down there unofficially is a big one. And and guess what? I'm picking the upset of the day. After not picking Marvin to go there, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Nico Collins to go to LSU. Crook City, what, what, what's your guess? We know this isn't your region. Well, you know, there, there's no atmosphere like the game day atmosphere in Ann Arbor, boys. As far, as, far as I'm concerned, the big house is really just one of the top 10 spots in the country, bar none. And we're not even talking about on game day. I would just go and sit in the stands just to take it all in. And I think Nico feels the same way, so he's going to Michigan. Go Blue! <laughs> Boy, uh, Jalen Jalen Rose, our podcast idol, would be really happy with that pick. Um, so, so, so Kruger, they're gonna have a picture of Kruger on the wall at Blimpy Burger <laughs> next week. We're here for one reason, and that's Nick. Uh, jeez. All right, that that wraps up our prediction picks. We're gonna roll through some of these other topics. We're running out of time. I'm running out of batteries. Uh, Clemson wins the national championship. Do we think this is just the start of a of a really big role for them? I mean, they they reloaded off of last year's team pretty impressively. We know they're losing uh, my nephew Deshaun Watson, but uh, Rob, what do you think? I mean, from a recruiting perspective, do you see them slowing down anytime soon? From a recruiting perspective, no. I mean, but I mean, this is this has got to be looked at as the pinnacle, right? What are they are they going to turn into the next Alabama, where they're just going to rattle? I, mean, I don't see that happening. So, I mean, I don't think it's the beginning of anything. I don't think it's the end of anything either, though. I mean, I think Clemson is a perennial power that's here to stay in some some fashion or another. Uh, I can't see anybody being like they're too good. I'm not going to go there now. They recruit so well in Florida, uh, and that really helps them. I think you know they don't take you know a haul of kids from Florida every year, but it seems like they get some top kids every year. I mean, they'll come in here, identify who they want and somehow pluck them out of a state where sometimes it's traditionally harder to do that. It's getting easier because of, you know, kind of Miami and Florida being not where they were years ago. Uh, But, you know, I think you'll see them in the playoff hunt perennially. Uh, I don't think that we're looking at Alabama part two here where they're going to win four titles in six years or something crazy like that. Yeah. Do you think, but do you see them winning? uh, Maybe we could ask, we could ask both of you guys this question. Do you see them winning another national championship in the next five years? Boy, I, I think Deshaun Watson is such a special player, Woody. I, I, no, I don't think they're going to win a national championship again in the next five years. All right, I'll, I'll weigh in before, before we ask you, Krug. We remember the night before the game, or maybe it was the night of the game, I called you, Rob, and I said, Clemson's going to win. And I gave this impassioned speech about how you know, the the times that, that non-Alabama teams have won the national championship. No, you were right, a, but we should note that I agreed with you. I also said they right. were going to win. I don't know why we didn't do anything about that. Uh, because gambling <laughs> that, is illegal. <laughs> when we made that discussion, uh, you know, Deshaun's been a great player, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a true hero for me, uh, for being one of my first five stars. I, I can see them being back. I think they, they're definitely going to be in the playoff again within the next uh, two to three years. I like the quarterbacks they have coming in. Our boy Trev is coming. So guess what? 
put it on the board. I'm calling them to win a, another one in the next five years. That's I forgot that you called Trevor Lawrence the best recruit you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been, above. I've been covering Trevor Lawrence for three years now, and he's the best <laughs> Trevor Lawrence I've ever seen. I can tell you. Um, Krug, what do you think? What, do you, what are your thoughts on Clemson? Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the the formula that they used to get to the national championship, it was on the back of Deshaun Watson, right? And and who do they have more more of a good thing coming in over the next couple of years as quarterback? So uh, I think they've established a formula, a way to a way to get there. They play in a conference that's very winnable for them uh, year in and year out. But getting to be a more competitive conference too. So I think you know as they collectively uh, raise the level of competition, if they continue to win out in the ACC, you know we've seen with the college football playoff. Uh, you know, you start in, get you get a leg up based on perception, uh, you know, and that's no different than how the BCS was a little bit, you know. You so so you, you know, they they've established themselves now as a team worthy of a perception of a program that's capable of winning national championships. So I think they've got a road to get there every single season for the foreseeable future. All they got to do is, you know, keep finding ways to win. I think Dabo has proven himself to be a good Boy. coach. They've got a lot. They have a lot of fun out there. So why not? I think Florida State may be uh, a big block in that road uh, to the national championship for the next few years. But what we forget about with Clemson is maybe the most important thing when it comes to winning national championships is that they, they've got the greatest color scheme in college football. They're uniforms, man. I'll tell you what, all the fire emojis. Oh, you love the, the purple and the orange? Oh, man, I love the paw. Like I love the logo. I, I just oh, think they're, they're in many ways the perfect uniform. I really like. I, I really wish they would infuse a little bit more purple into their color scheme. I like it when they when they put more purple in the mix. And there. they've got a gr- they've got a great shade of purple too. Like my alma mater has lame purple. You know, like they have the royal purple that isn't aesthetically pleasing to me and never has been. Uh, I don't think anybody looks good in that shade of purple. But Clemson Clemson has got has got the baller purple. They've got the good purple. Yeah. K State's got the bad purple. Yeah. Well, uh, as someone who's wearing a purple shirt right now, I guess I, I agree with you. Uh, my Yahoo t-shirt I have on uh, that I wear about every other day. Um, we're supposed to talk about Oregon during this players in the hospital thing. I think I, I'm over it now. Uh, we've we talked about a lot of stuff, and you know they hired some good assistant coaches from a recruiting perspective. So we'll we'll revisit that after signing day. <laughs> the way you were so dismissive of that, like yeah, there's some guys in the hospital, but the coaches are good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I don't want to, we, we can discuss it later because I think there'll probably be some consequences and we're in the middle of the story now and we're running out of time. My laptop battery's dying. So let's keep it, let's keep it moving. Um, tweet of the week, Krug City, did you find the tweet uh, we mentioned uh, as, as being the tweet of the week this week? You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. Absolutely. Yeah. Our boy, uh, Drew Peters. Uh, or at Drew Peters, comes through with a response to uh, the video interview that we referenced earlier where Marvin Wilson go, goes to uh, goes on his official visit to LSU, comes back, does an interview with our very own Courtney Rowland of uh, Aggie Yell fame, and uh, I guess she was doing this for Mike Scarborough as a, as a favor. But at one, at one point she asks Marvin, what would you give the visit on a scale of 1 to 10, to which Marvin replies, a 12. Then Drew Peters comes through. Only response to this uh, to this link, by the way, on the tweet, and he says, "Too bad LSU. Oh, too bad for LSU that the FSU student body is full of twelves." <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That was a that was a zinger. Uh, big shout to Drew. What's his Twitter handle? At Drew Peters. You know, one one of the smart guys. That, oh, jeez. You know, 
Boy, take that, Rob Cassidy. No underscores in there. Don't remind <laughs> me, man. That, that, that guy still has his account with four followers, and his last tweet is in like 2004 looking for his estranged sister. I, I can't get it. I famously asked our social media director if she could do something for me when she was still here, and her response was, I got to be honest, Rob, that's not real high on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? She's out. See you later, Lindsay Lee. We got a new. There's a new sheriff in town, so maybe you ask him. Uh, see, see what he can do. Uh, anyway, tweet of the week. Good tweet this week. Now a new segment, boy. We've have I been excited to launch this segment, boys. Uh, during our hiatus, uh, several different hiatuses we've taken uh, to make sure we weren't distracted from our other work. Uh, the segment is called "Why Are You Always Lying," uh, which. In theory, the drop would have played there, hopefully, in, in post-production. <laughs> um, this is a fact-checking situation, which is very popular right now. We see our president being fact-checked by uh, every media outlet. He's he not our president co- yet. Uh, what, 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 he's what not Rob's president. Oh, geez, <laughs> he's not our get, president not, yet. I didn't say that. I just said he's okay. not our president yet. He's, he's not been inaugurated as the president of the United States. Barack Obama is the president happen. of the United States. Our president-elect uh, has been fact-checked go. plenty by uh, by media outlets over the past few months. That press conference the other day was big. And guess what? We're getting in the fact-checking business, baby, here on the Commitment Issues podcast. And we're fact-checking you, media, who says in you know crazy statements about recruiting that are in no way accurate. They just say things, and there's no set of checks and balances. So let's start out with you, Chris Fowler. During the college football playoff uh, first round game when they played against Ohio State, he famously said Ben Bulware was it not this was a guy who was not highly recruited. Okay, let's go back. Ben Bulware had 20 offers, okay? I would consider that highly recruited. He committed about a year before uh, National Signing Day and was an was an Under Armour All-American and a guy that finished in the final rivals 250 and was a four star from start to finish. So guess what? Guess what I would consider that be? Highly recruited. Yeah, that's that's we're going down the line. Craig Hobbert, well, okay. oh boy. Well, hold on. Before you and you, we know what plays into this, right? I mean, what does what does our boy look like, right? Like it's really easy to look <laughs> at that guy and say not. I mean, if you're going to say that doesn't have anything to do with it, you're crazy. That does have something to do with it, and that's why we're <laughs> going to keep going. Craig okay. Hobbert, who who works at ESPN, on the show Recruiting Nation, we work with him uh, uh, at times at big time events throughout the years. Said said even though Clemson was slow to come along in recruiting Bullware, they were slow to come along. They took they offered him a year before signing day and accepted his commitment in March of 2012. That was not slow to come along. Okay, even in, by today's standards, accepting a commitment 11 months before signing day is not slow. And then our boy, Tom Luganville, son of a legendary friend of the show, Al Luganville, uh, also said, nobody wanted him. That's what That was his response to Craig on the same episode of uh, Recruiting Nation. And as I mentioned, he had 20 offers. And that, he would have, had he been uncommitted, if he didn't commit more than a year early, he probably would have had 40 or 50 offers. Well, it's real easy. And, you know, it's real easy to make up recruiting narratives in the way if you're talking to, like, you know, a, a conference of regular people to start talking about, you know, the intricacies of rocket science, right? Nobody's going to call these guys on that. Nobody knows. It's like nobody cares enough except for us to be sitting there and being like, you know what? You are really full of crap here. <laughs> I mean, so they can say they can say whatever they want, right? That's not even like the most absurd thing I've heard them say about when it comes to recruiting about like guys. Well, exactly. Well, we're doing it. Guess what? We're doing this weekly now. The fact check is in, baby. So 
guess who's next on my list of people? Mallory Rubin, uh, sort of friend of the show, friend of the aforementioned Bill Trochi, uh, her husband, Adam Levine, not the guy from Maroon 5, famously worked here with us at Rivals for, for quite a while. And uh, she made an appearance on Bill Simmons' podcast where they started talking about Sam Darnold. And she said this was a guy that was not highly recruited. This really proves the star system, you know, really throws the whole recruiting world, you know, into a into a tissy because he wasn't a five-star and was a guy who was hurt, didn't get much recruiting attention. Well, sorry, Mallory. Sam Darnold was a four-star from start to finish in the class of 2015, was also an Army All-American, and committed to USC in July of 2014 over schools like Oregon. Uh, you know, he didn't have a ton of big-time offers other than that. He had a lot of F, a lot of Power 5 offers, but it was the Utahs, the Dukes of the world. But guess what? The recruiting industry knew he was good. We ranked him. He was actually higher than where he finished at 179 before uh, his evaluation at the Army Bowl, which... Uh, is a sore subject for me, led him to drop uh, below some other players. He finishes at 179. He was always a four-star. He got his first offer, I believe, two years before signing day um, that year. So, sorry, sorry, Mallory. And the reasons behind this, right? Everybody likes the underdog story, right? It's the reasons they make these things up is because, or exaggerate them, is because everybody wants to hear some interesting insight about a kid that came from nothing and caught his way back to be this great quarterback at USC. Nobody wants to hear about everybody knew this kid was good. He went to USC and is still good. <laughs> it's just, that doesn't sell, <laughs> well, baby. I understand, but guess what? That, that you know, We're about the facts here at the Commitment Issues Podcast. Yeah, I, I agree. Is, which is why we fact check ourselves, which brings us... Uh, to another segment, that's on me, Coach. I forgot to put this on the rundown. Uh, we, we, recently, <laughs> we recently had an episode where we discussed Trevor Lawrence committing to Clemson. We talked about Hunter Johnson potentially looking around, maybe taking another visit. Guess what? He's already enrolled, uh, so he's not going to be doing that. That's on me, Coach. Uh, I take the blame on that one. So, you know, we're not above fact-checking ourselves, even though uh, someone usually has to point it out to me. Uh, that I said something stupid, which <laughs> is not. Is, is who not pointed, this, who pointed this one out to you? I believe it was uh, some people on the Clemson board. So big shout to them for uh, for the audience fact check. You can always email us rivalspodcast at yahoo.com. Now let's revisit real quick before we move you on. Know what? You know, I'll move. make an offer here, Woody Wilmack, before we, we let you go. If if you do find a, a fact like that, not just something like a prediction we were wrong about. I'll send you some like little trinket crap from my office with a sports team logo on it because no, I have so much boy. of it. I'm trying to I'm trying to get rid of it. I will mail it to you should you find a factual error in the show about you or about any of us. Any of us. I'm, I'm telling you, I've got all this like crap from when I used to like vote for things where they would send you like I've got this weird Todd Reesing nesting doll I've been trying to get rid of. I've got some Colin Klein band aids. I've just got all this weird stuff uh, that you know I'd like to unload. So maybe I can unload it that way. I never got any of that when I was a real member of the media, a traditional media member. I never got any gifts. Maybe the ECHL wasn't sending out swag. I've uh, got stacks <laughs> of Robert Griffin notepads from Baylor that I just never used. Jeez. All right. Well, listen, let's move on quickly. Uh, as I mentioned, the aforementioned battery issue, and Nick's got to edit this podcast. We wanted to revisit our picks from the, the games of the week. I believe – I can't – did we all pick Washington to cover that big spread against Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, so we all missed that one. So we finished the year. Rob finishes at nine and three. Nick and Woody eight and four. 
congratulations, Rob. You're the, the picking champion. That's when you were on a famous roll of picking games. We know that's come to an end since <laughs> during bowl season. That's one way of putting that. So we're going to keep track of the similar predictions we made today, and we'll give you a running tally of those as we come down the stretch. Last but not least, rants and recommendations, the segment we all love. Cassidy, we want you to take it away. I know you watched a new TV show that you really want to talk about. Yeah, I was going to go in on The Young Pope just because what a stupid name for a show. I mean, you would guess it is, it is, it is a show about a pope, but the pope is young. So it's basically a show that revolves around the, the question of what happens if the pope is hot. But I've decided not to. Let's end this on a positive note, Nick Kruger, you and I. We are two weeks removed from the Royal Rumble match. Uh, Nick Kruger will be attending. I'm very jealous. This is as excited as I've been about wrestling in years. We've got a loaded roster, Kruger. We're heading into this thing. The dead man is back. Brock Lesnar is back. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful pay-per-view. My friend's bar is hosting a watch party in New York City for me and for some other people. Uh, So if you're in New York and listen to this podcast and you'd like to come to the Royal Rumble watch party in Brooklyn, let me know and I'll, I'll set you up. Wow. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's really exciting. You know, I, for, for me personally, I, this is my first live wrestling show, so I couldn't be happier with the cast of uh, characters that are all going to be in the ring all at once. So uh, to get all those guys all together in one place for me uh, is really just, you know, if I was going to go to one show, this is the one uh, it, This is the one for me to go to. But also, the, probably one of the best things about me being in San Antonio for a week for the Army Bowl was everything took place in the Alamo Dome, so I was actually able to go to my seats that I'll be sitting in for uh, Oh, you, you know, know the lay of the event. land. Yeah. yeah, so I went to go check that out. So, uh, you know, that was probably the highlight of my trip. Uh, Pick a winner, anyway, Kruger, so. before we go. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins the Royal Rumble match? Oh, man, geez, boy. Uh well, I don't even know. I it, <laughs> uh, I don't even know the list of everybody that's going to be in there. Probably I'll just I'll just pick a wild card and we'll say Heath Slater is going to come in and uh, reclaim his reclaim his past glory because he's got kids to feed, guys. I've got the Undertaker or the Miz. All right, moving on. Yeah, I'll take the Miz. Uh, I love the Miz uh, from back in the day. So. Uh, from the Real World Road Rules Challenge. I'll take The Miz as well. you got to make one pick, Rob. Are you picking The Undertaker or The Miz? I'll, I'll take The Undertaker. I think it's the more logical pick. I see why people are worried about us getting distracted uh, with this podcast, uh, with <laughs> stuff like this. So, listen, I don't have any, I, you know, I don't have any rants. I don't recommend it. I would recommend that when you uh, volunteer to, to pick up a fig tree from one of your neighbors, you check out how big it is ahead of time because I got in over my head yesterday on a on a fig project. <laughs> but yeah, but before we, before we go on that note, let me let me maybe the funniest without context text message I've ever received was one from Woody yesterday that said, "I'm working on this fig tree scam. I'll let you know how it goes." <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, well, guess what? Guess he's got guess he's got a new fig tree in their front yard, uh, and who's passing off the other half of the fig tree to somebody else in the neighborhood, thinking I did a good deed. So. Win, win, win. That's what you call it in the Walmack world. I just got to get this fig tree to grow. And, uh, boy, we'll be eating brown turkeys left and right. So uh, that, that's a recommendation. Eat some figs. Figs are good. Don't just eat them in Newtons. They're a delicious fruit to have. Uh, very sweet, fresh off the tree, but they don't really uh, grow until the spring. So that wraps it up. My battery's about to die on my laptop. Please, please, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We've been stagnant for a while. Rob's uh, fraternity brothers have buoyed us for long enough. We need some of our actual listeners to give us some reviews. Uh, This is a big time for us. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Anything you want us to talk about, hit us up, Rivals Podcast, uh, or uh, or on Twitter, or send us an email. And a big shout to M. Deuce, giving us the beat. We'll be back next week.